Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel in Skinny Atlas, New York. If you'd like to find more like this, or you'd like to learn a little bit more about our church, you can do so by going to gconline.org. And now, let's jump into this week's message. Well, this morning, uh, we are going to continue to press into uh, our vision that we started two weeks ago. We talked about Vision 2023, Changing the Narrative. And as we talked about what the narrative is, it was, it was chilling, honestly. We talked about the next generation and statistically understanding how many people have either walked away from church or they're, they're not attending church. Church doesn't have an important uh, part of their life. That's real. We talked about community and the fact that very... Few people really understand or experience true community within a church environment. We talked about mission and how we actually are living in a post-Christian nation. And uh, we don't need to fly to another country to, to share Jesus. We need to walk across the street. We need to care about our community. We need to build bridges in our local communities and love people and share Christ with people, the hope of the world. And so last week, we, we talked about not just kind of like the pep rally, like this is, this is the narrative. We want to change the narrative. You ready to do it? Yeah. You know? Well, now the pep rally's over. Now reality hits. And last week, we talked about the fact that if we're going to do this, it's time to make faith a priority. That it can't be just something added on to our life. It has to be important. We talked about ways we see if faith is a priority. We talked about it'll be revealed in our growing. What we're doing to grow our faith. It'll be seen in our serving. Where are we serving? Where are we pouring ourselves out for the kingdom? Because if we're not, it's not important. And where or how are we giving? And that was always the touchy one, right? It's like uh, giving, yeah. When we talk about giving, we learn what we value most. And so if faith is a priority, it will be evidenced in our life. This week, we're going to talk about something very subliminal. Community. <laughs> yeah, I just found this shirt hanging around. Um, no, it's, it's, it's important within the fabric of the church that we understand. We don't just speak about community because everybody will go, amen, pastor. I'm with you. I agree with all of that. And I'm here to tell you it's not about agreeing with the truth that we'll, we will present. It's about interrupting the narrative that says community does not exist within the church at large anymore and I'm not good with that I'm not okay with just you know sharing the reality it's time to face it it's time to interrupt it and and we if you want to point a finger you want to be critical about the churches you, you've got plenty of material but if you want to change a narrative it's going to take courage it's going to take investment and it'll probably take sacrifice so uh, today we're going to be talking about let's make community, it's time to make community a reality. It was actually, 
I'll let you in my head a little bit. That could be scary. I'm just, this is not for small children. Um, but we were on our way to a community group, my wife and I, and I remember on our way there, I was like, man, I don't want to go. I have no desire to be there tonight. Have you ever been there? Come on, it's church. You better be honest. Uh, so we're, I was on my way, and I'm thinking, I'm the pastor of the church. I'm going to community group, and I'm like, I don't want to be there. I'm a busy person doing important things for the kingdom. And it was, honestly, I had every justification. And I want you to know that if we're going to actually interrupt the narrative, it's going to be inconvenient. It's a time going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult, but we need to step into something if we want to see change. So today I'm just going to, I'm going to make a case from Scripture because my case isn't as good. But his case is great. So we're going to go, go down through this. And I want you to see four quick things. And we're going to do it in about three-minute clips. So stick with me. God, first of all, designed his church to live in community. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 20. And I love this. It's, it's a picture. And it's a picture of a body. And he describes the church as a body. People connected together. Listen to what he says in verse 12. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. It's a pretty powerful statement, right? So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So I look at this, and I, I see this is God's design. This isn't, I want you to hear this, because I think within church communities, oftentimes you're on the next little trend. Oh, it's small groups. Oh, they're doing these large gatherings. They're doing these outreach events, whatever. The truth is, this is not a church trend. This is getting back to our original design. This is the way God created us. He designed us. He intended this to be. That we live in community. That we actually know each other. I would use two words to describe it. The world speaks about independence. You're strong if you're independent, if you need no one else. The Bible speaks of interdependence. That you were created and designed for each other, that we together are not sufficient in ourselves. I need you. You need me. It would be a little weird to start seeing feet like hanging out alone or a nose going down the hall. That is not cool. It would be a little weird, <laughs> not gonna lie. 
But sometimes that's the picture of the church regarding community, is we're isolated, we're separated, we're not living in the dynamic that God called us to. And so we need to learn how to do this, not according to Grace Chapel, but according to Scripture. What's it look like to actually live in community? But we must begin with the reality that this is God's design. The second thing is God not only designed the church to live in community, God designed the church to love in community. I want to take you to where we were last week in John chapter 13, a little bit further down in the passage. Jesus makes a powerful statement. He actually even calls it a commandment. It's pretty powerful, I would say, right? He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love one for the other. What distinguishes the church as a church? It's not the praise band. It's not the pastor. It's not the steeple. It's not our gathering. Jesus said this, how will the world know that you're my disciples, that you are the church, how you love each other. How you love each other. If you were to describe the church, what comes to mind? Might be something to do with our gathering time, which is cool. But in your mind, would anything come to mind in regard to community? Would you think, Man, I, I, I love Grace Chapel because I feel loved. And I have a place to love people. What about the community around us? You know, if they had to describe this church, would it be, I don't know much about it. I've never been there. I just know people in my, down my street, they go there. It's just like there's always like people at their house or, you know, they were going through a tough time and there were people dropping off meals and there were, you know, all of these things. Somebody needed some help and so they were going to help somebody else. I don't know. It's like they all help each other. It's just strange. Wouldn't that be cool that that's the way that the community knows Grace Chapel is how we love each other? Usually what happens is, yeah, you know what's going on in that church? Mm-hmm. They got all kinds of like division and factions happening. Oh, for the love of God, can we stop that? Stuff is just destructive. It's, it's poison and it's not of the Lord. We need the community to be able to see what it really feels and looks like to love each other. And the church of, out of all people should be doing this well. So... Here at the church, I'm, I want you to hear this, and I, I hope you understand it. When I speak of community, I recognize that we have a couple structures in place to help make that happen. They're not the only way community can happen. We just knew that we have to be intentional about creating some structures to allow this to happen. But you might have another way that happens. We talk about community groups. This is a way, it's a structure we put in place, very intentional to allow people to get to know each other, to love each other, to care for each other, to pray for each other, to serve each other. 
And we're going to kick off more this, this fall. We also have G3 groups, because I've, I've had people say, you know, it's just... Um, doesn't work in my schedule. I go, dude, I get it. You're flying out all the time, or you've got this obligation, you've got that obligation. It doesn't work in your schedule. G3 groups were designed so that two or three people can get together, they can know each other, they can have an authentic, godly, spiritual relationship, same gender, and, and learn to love one another, to be sharpening one another to support one another. So they're just two. They're two of the structures that we here at the church have in place to help people actually live this out. Otherwise, we just talk about it, you know, over dinner or something. I always like to talk over food, do you? I think that's godly. God ordained that. Um, So anyways, uh, God designed his church to live in community. He designed the church to love in community. He also designed the church to grow in community. I have this verse written on my shirt. <clears throat> it's Proverbs 27, 17. You know, and it's, it's the verse that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And the understanding is this, and we're all like, man, is, I, I need to hang that on my wall. I want a shirt like that. The truth is, the statement's great, but if you really think about it, it's talking about two almost like blunt pieces of iron that are rubbing against each other to make a sharp edge. It's so exciting seeing the process, right? The truth is, it's knocking little burrs off. There could be sparks flying. There could be all kinds of, there's this tension, this friction that's going on to produce something beautiful. And I want you to know, community groups aren't like these fuzzy times, like, oh, you're the best. No, you're the best. (laughs) You're better than the best. Oh, spare us all, you know? It just gets sickening after a while. We're not here to just patronize each other. We're here to sharpen each other. And sometimes to sharpen each other, I need to love you enough to say, man, this this seems to be a blind spot in your life. You're going to hate me for saying this, but I'm just going to share it in love. Have you ever had somebody share that with you? I didn't like it. I don't like them. (laughs) And then I had to sit there and go, man, I needed that. I needed that. Somebody loved me enough to speak into me. Mm Mm-hmm, that's what I'm talking about. And so when we look at God designed the church to live in community, to love in community, to grow in community, we have to understand that it's not all fuzzy, but it's worth it. The last one is God designed the church to find strength and support in community. I want to take you to Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. Galatians chapter 6. I I love this passage. He says this. Brothers, he's talking to believers here. If anyone is caught in any transgression or sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then have his reason to boast will be in will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. So what's the law of Christ? What's fulfilling the law of Christ? He says, bear one another's burdens. If someone falls, reach down and get them. Lift him up. Not, do you hear about that? Man, they screwed their life up. Praise Jesus, it wasn't us. It's like, What? We need to care enough about each other that when someone struggles, when somebody is fallen, when somebody is in sin, we don't just kick them to the curb. We don't just say, you know, well, you just need to figure it out. We need to extend a hand and say, I love you enough to walk with you. Let's do this. Let's do this. The church has got to stop shooting the wounded. We got to even stop with, you know, I've seen this with, with families. It's like, Oh, their son, their daughter. I'm like, what, what, what is that? Why don't we begin praying more for our kids and supporting each other's families instead of judging and, and you know, speaking about these, these things outside? Let's just love each other's kids. Not everybody's kids are perfect like mine. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. They got a little of their mother. And she's watching, by the way. Babe, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just happened. Oh, man, I, I'm not going to recover from that. <laughs> but, you know, these are the things, too. You can have fun in community. It's not all, like, just hard work. There's incredible joy when we do this right. God's design is the best design. And man has tried to, to recreate his design to do that. Let's get back to what he designed. Let's live in community. Let's love in community. Let's grow in community. When, when has somebody actually spoken to you and spoke life into you and, and said, man, have you thought about this and, and, and sharpened you spiritually? Or when you were down or when you were going through a difficult time? Let me just ask you. Who called you? Who reached out to you? I have this happen, and I'll just share it really quick because of time. I say, you know, so-and-so wasn't here for like six weeks. Pastor never called me. I'm like, dude, you're right. I didn't even know you were gone. I don't mean, it's, I don't mean it wrong. There's 500 people. I have a hard time keeping track of my kids. I, I left one at church once. <laughs> Got home, they said, are you missing something? I go, no. They go, check your children. <laughs> oh, I only have three. Yeah, they go, the other one's here. So I guess I just transferred that to church. No. <laughs> the, rea the reality is this. I, that's not my job. It's our, we need to have a community where if you're struggling, you are surrounded by people that say, let me lend you a hand, let me pray for you, let me help you, let me support you, let me bear your burden. We need a community like that. Somebody that calls you because you're not there. Somebody that cares about you when you're hurting. That's the community we need. And it just happens, it's amazing. It's just gonna happen. No, 
We have to step into it. We need to interrupt the narrative and make this happen. And it's hard, but it can happen.